Hello, friends and fellow lovers of all things beachy. Welcome to The Beach Speaks. And I'm your host and podcast junkie, Paige Riggins. And each week, I'm going to bring you a conversation with the people and businesses that are creating conscious community, spreading the word about health, wellness, and, well, basically everything that makes the beaches the place to be. So grab a cool drink, sit back in your beach chair, stick your toes in the sand, and join me for this episode of The Beach Speaks. Hey, how's it going so far? I hope that you listened to the first two episodes and didn't skip straight to this one. Because if that's the case, stop right here and go back and listen. And if you did, wasn't Rachel Todd wonderful? Of course, she's a pro when it comes to having authentic conversations, and she just has a gift for connecting with anyone. She really practices what she preaches. That's so genuine. And as for genuine, Jim Kupchak, well, when we recorded our conversation, he was in Buffalo. And as I'm recording this, he's on a brief holiday in Bali because... Everyone knows that when you're an entrepreneur in the consciousness business, that's where you go. In actuality, Jim has been hustling without a break for a long time, and Mindful Market has been growing at warp speed. I think he definitely earned a few days rest. And when I think about it, it's a perfect example of self-care. You know, the whole oxygen mask thing. Those of us who are in the business of serving others are always in danger of doing too much and risking burnout. And if you think you fit into that category, will you do me a favor? Carve a few minutes out of your abundant schedule just for yourself. And if it means taking a nap instead of listening to this podcast, no offense, because I care about you. Okay. If you've hung on for this long, there are just a few things that I've been mulling over and I kind of wanted to share. You see, I started this podcast because I wanted to have conversations that I would want to hear and that I would enjoy. Those that would have an impact and stay with me for a long time. And I have many podcast heroes, one of which is Jonathan Fields, who hosts The Good Life Project. And I was reading his blog the other morning, and I just loved the message. And I wanted to share it with you, but I didn't think that I could do it in my own words. So I thought, let's just let Jonathan speak for himself. So here it is from Jonathan Fields. February 2nd, 1981. The Talking Heads release, Once in a Lifetime. Music will never be the same. According to legend, the song's lyrics are inspired by the provocations, questions, and call-and-response style of church sermons. Married with Brian Eno's meticulously evolved, globally-influenced sonic jam, frontman David Byrne's lyrics leave nowhere to hide. Millions sing and dance and party and ponder their way through every line until it becomes a part of the musical lexicon and lays a permanent groove into the neural network of 
culture's brain. In the song's video, featuring Byrne dancing in his trademark freeform chaotic style, you cannot turn your eyes or ears or mind away as he half speaks, half sings. Same as it ever was. 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 It's a visual, musical, emotional, cognitive, and existential cluster that demands you not only pay attention, but also question the nature of your time on the planet, your decisions, your assumptions, your willingness to keep repeating the things that have gotten you here, but have left you yearning to be there. Guardian writer Jack Malcolm, in a September 2016 piece, describes it as, an art-pop rumination on the existential ticking time bomb of unchecked consumerism and advancing age. Yet, still, the questions Byrne posits some 38 years ago linger and taunt. And you may ask yourself, what is that beautiful house? And you may ask yourself, where does that highway go to? And you may ask yourself, am I right? Am I wrong? And you may say to yourself, My God, what have I done? I'm all for existential seeking. It's a large part of what I do, but that last line, My God, what have I done? He had me until then. Everything before is about waking up, questioning, opening to new answers, making different decisions that will lead to a more intentional future. It's about awareness and action. But that last line, to me, feels more about shame than agency. It's the line and the place so many of us default to once we awaken to our own role in arriving at the place we currently inhabit in life, or don't inhabit, but thought we would, and the feelings we carry of inadequacy, stuckness, and futility. The thing is, While it's important to take responsibility for much of what got us here and take the reins over the decisions, actions, and resources that allow us to start a new course, responsibility and shame are not the same. The former mobilizes. The latter paralyzes. Responsibility is about expansion, steeped in ownership, integration, and evolution. It serves as a launch pad for action and change. Shame is about contraction, driven by blame, disempowerment, and anxiety. It fuels not action, but immobility. Instead of asking, my God, what have I done? What if we asked, now, what can I do? What if we took ownership of our past, the things that have led us to this place, learned from where we've been, then closed the books on what got us here? in the name of freeing up the shame and anxiety-locked bandwidth needed to plot a different course forward. Put another way, what if we spent 1% reckoning and 99% rising? Easy? No. Especially in this moment. But then, what's the alternative? It starts with the question, now, what can I do? Okay, now I know that was a mouthful, but I don't think I could have said it any better. Thank you, Jonathan Fields, 
And thank you, Talking Heads, for giving me something to talk about. This is what I mean about conscious community, conscious conversation. It's each one of us asking ourselves, not, God, how did we get here? But rather, now, what can I do? So in the next few weeks and months, my intention is to bring you stories about people who are asking just those questions and finding some small answer. Like Anne-Marie Moquind, who founded Beaches Go Green, and she's going to tell us how we're recycling wrong and how we can save the ocean one plastic bottle at a time. And the friends at Rethreaded, those who are helping women who have been impacted by human trafficking. And then there's just those people I meet on the beach. There's another thing that I've been thinking about lately and I wanted to share, and that's the whole idea of finding your purpose and your passion. I mean, it seems to be the topic of the times from Gen Z to millennials and those middle-agers thinking about the retirement years. And I'm especially thinking about young people dealing with the increasing pressure to find a job that they're passionate about and how to earn a good living to take care of themselves. Pressures from family and society's ideals, what we see on social media, etc. What advice would I give someone who's asking that question, what is my passion? I don't even know who I am, let alone what I want. You see, I think we come into this life with a knowing deep inside, what I call our truth. And somehow, right after birth, we've forgotten it, and we spend the rest of our lives trying to reclaim it. And this is where it gets tricky, because we think the answer lies in our head, but it really is in our heart. Now, I would agree to those who say, think about what used to make you happy, like when you were a child, and do that. Or what brings you joy? Do more of that. I think we could take it a step further and peel back some layers. It might sting a little bit, but I think it's totally worth it. Find out who, what inspires you. Something that resonates with you so strongly that you say, I want to do that. How cool is that? That person really inspires me. And then take it one step further. When you find that inspirational story or person, tap into what it is about that that you really love. What's at the core? Is it selfless service? Is it creating something amazing with the talent that you have or wish you had? Or supporting a movement, a cause? Maybe it's teaching someone, a hobby, or maybe it's just being a parent, taking care of a pet, being with animals or nature, traveling, adventure. Or perhaps it resonates with a core desired feeling. Danielle Laporte, one of Oprah's top 100 influencers, talks about this. For example, a few of my core desired feelings are ease, flow, and inspired. The ideas are endless. Make a list. That really helps if you're a multi-passionate like me. And James Altucher, author and 
entrepreneur recommends that every morning you get up and make a list of at least 10 to 20 ideas. It might sound a little extreme for some people, but it works for him. Okay, and then let's take it one step further. If you find that inspiration and you think, wow, that is amazing, but I could never do that. I think that is where you really need to start. It's that point where you will need to step out of your comfort zone, the one you created with the false belief that I could never do that. Because you can. Listen, you're likely not going to be perfect at it and you will make mistakes. However, the idea that it's the journey and not the destination really is true. This is important. Listen to me. Find others who share the same inspiration, who perhaps are on the same journey and have experiences to share. I think it's more fun and reassuring if you're working together. And if you're looking for healing, whether physical or psychological, something that's blocking you from moving you forward, it's imperative in my experience that you find someone or a tribe of someones you identify with. People who have gone through or are still going through the same experience you have. Like maybe clinical depression or physical pain. Whatever it is that's been keeping you blocked and you feel like no one else knows how it feels. I promise you, there are people out there who know exactly what you're going through because they're going through it themselves and they too think they are the only ones. Now to end this mindful riff, I'd like to leave you with a 19th century quote from Edward Everett Hale. I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. Friends, change starts from within. Be the change you wish to see. Thank you, friends, for tuning in today. For more information, check out my website, thebeachspeaks.com, where you'll find episodes, show notes, and see some of my favorite sunrise photos taken by yours truly. And if you like what you're hearing, send me a message. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Remember, the beach is speaking.